Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Why do we have to go through so much suffering? Pastor J.D. will be teaching the why behind these prophecy updates. You'll learn the most powerful effect that Bible prophecies have, the blessed hope, our only hope. Going through hardships helps us fall out of love with this world and enter the kingdom of God. God is preparing a place for you, and He's coming soon. That is our hope. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 13th, 2019. Let's get to our Prophecy Update. So, we're going to do something a little bit different today and spend the majority of our time on the why. And I'll, if you'll bear with me, explain why I want to spend time on the why. (laughs) Spent some time seeking the Lord this last week concerning today's prophecy update, and He impressed upon my heart the need to focus on why Bible prophecy can have such an impact and effect on our lives. And I suppose in so doing, it will also explain why it is that every week we look at current events and things taking place in the Middle East and how it connects with the prophetic dots of Scripture, and perhaps more importantly, why it is that it has such an effect on our lives. So I'm going to begin with this Jerusalem Post report. It was from yesterday about the Israeli Defense Force striking Iranian and Hezbollah targets near Damascus. According to a report in Lebanon, Israeli Air Force planes circled low in the south of the country and there were sonic booms. Explosions were also reported in the skies of the Syrian capital. Syrian air defense units fired on enemy targets above Damascus and destroyed several. Sources in the Syrian opposition reported that the Israeli Air Force attacked the bases of Iranian militias and Assad's regime forces southwest of Damascus. Now, for those of you who were with us for our last prophecy update, the first of 2019, 
I talked about how that we're going to talk a lot about two specific prophecies in the Bible, of which this is one. And this is why I'm starting with this breaking news, because of this very specific prophecy in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1. Let me just read the prophecy. In fact, it says, verse 1, Isaiah 17, a prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins. Now, it's my belief that we are on the cusp of this prophecy concerning Damascus being fulfilled. And when it does, I also believe it will set in motion the prophecy found in Ezekiel 38. And the reason is this. In Syria today, at the ready, you have Russia, Iran, Turkey, the three nations listed by their ancient names in the Ezekiel prophecy, along with the other nations listed there that are allied, they are at the ready with their eyes on invading Israel, exactly as the prophet says. Okay. When? When? Not if they do. I would argue that it will be in concert with the rapture of the church, and it will commence the seven-year tribulation. Pastor, with all due respect, you tell us that every week. I know. What if you're wrong? Okay. I may be wrong. But may I respectfully propose this question? What if this scenario is not wrong? What if it does happen? What if it does happen this way and at this time? May I ask you another question? Wouldn't it stand to reason that we would want to be ready and not have it happen, as opposed to not being ready, only to have it happen? That's the why. That's why we've been doing these prophecy updates every week since 2006. And it's also why we will continue to do these prophecy updates every week. And it's also why I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the why. May I trouble you to join me in 1 John? I want to encourage you to actually turn there because this is kind of the, 
uh, for lack of a better word, it's the linchpin. It's the, it really kind of connects everything together as it relates to what I want to talk about. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. The Apostle John is writing, and he says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, that's the rapture of the church, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now here's verse 3. Please listen. This is so important. All who have this hope. What hope? The hope of the soon appearing of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church. The ones who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Hang on to that now. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most powerful effects that Bible prophecy has, this would have to be it. Namely, that of what we affectionately refer to as the blessed hope, which, if you think about it, is really our only hope. It's only when we have this hope that soon and very soon that trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain, 1 Thessalonians 4.17, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That hope. When we have that hope to look forward to, it makes everything that we're going through easier to get through. In recent months, the Lord has been ministering to me an important truth, life truth, as it relates to this. And it has to do with having a light touch on this world and the things of this world. When our grip is too tight, Oftentimes, God will loosen it by using pain and suffering. And he does this not because he's cruel, but because he loves us, and he wants to get us to fall out of love with the world. Can I say it that way? When I love my life in this world, I won't long for the next. And conversely, the hardships, the trials of life, 
are a much needed reminder that this fallen world is not my home. Turn with me to Acts, the 14th chapter. A couple more verses I'm going to have you turn to, if you don't mind. And Acts 14 is 1, verses 21 and 22. Interesting account. I I do have to say, you probably won't hear this passage preached in most churches today because it's not a very popular topic to preach on, as you'll see here in a moment. We're told that they had preached the gospel in that city, and it seems they were winning a large number of disciples, and then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, and we're told, verse 22, they were strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Why? Because some of them were falling away, you might say. In a sense, they were encouraging them and strengthening them to remain steadfast, Well, how then did they do that? What did they say to them in order to encourage them and strengthen them? Oh, you can have your best life now. Be encouraged. Thank you for not laughing. (laughs) No, here's what they said. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's what they said. Well, that's not very encouraging. (laughs) I thought they were trying to encourage them and encourage their hearts and strengthen their hearts. You're telling them that they have to go through many hardships? How is that encouraging? Oh, (laughs) that's our why question. Why must we, as Christians, go through so much suffering and hardship to enter the kingdom of God? I want to share with you several reasons, one of which is that God chooses and uses the furnace of affliction to prepare us and purify us for heaven. You may not want to hear that, but it's the truth. That fire purifies us. The furnace of affliction prepares us for that which He has prepared for us. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. This world is not your final destination. You're just passing through. Why are you digging your roots down so deep in this temporal world? I'm coming soon to get you, to take you to that place that I have prepared for you. That's my purpose. That's my plan for you. I know the plans that I have for you. 
I don't want to hurt you or harm you. My plan is to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. This is the hope. This is your future. And here's the thing. I hate to say it this way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, God's got a problem. I know God doesn't have problems, but He does have this one problem with us. We're the problem. Okay, is that better? And you know what the problem He has with us is? He has to allow the difficulty, the hardship, and the affliction, and the pain, and the suffering, because that's the only way that He can get us to look up, to fall out of love with this world and the things of this world. This is Romans eight twenty-eight and 29, right? Will you turn there? Because I want to read both. Romans 8, verse 28. I mean, we all have this memorized. We sing it. We just actually thank you, Leitu, our worship leader, for leading us in that song about Romans 8, 28. I think someone needs to write a song on Romans 8, 29. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, Key word says, and we know, know, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, listen, the called according to His purpose. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. (laughs) What's His purpose? Oh, so glad you asked. His purpose is in verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, and here it is, conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what that means? That means that God in His plan and His purpose for us, takes us into His hands as the potter, we as the clay, and He molds us and shapes us into the image of His Son, Jesus the Christ. That is a painful process, but that's His purpose. That's why, why the many hardships in life fulfill God's purpose is to make us more like Jesus. That's why. That's why. And let's be honest. We have to be, we're in church. When we're going through hardships, isn't it then that we want the Lord to come? Let me flip it around. 
when things are going well, <laughs> it's like the Lord's return. I'm just being honest with you. And I think you would agree with me that when things are going good, the Lord's return isn't something that we long for or ache for as much. Do you see why it is that, and by the way, God, spoiler alert, God knows that. And he's a jealous God, not jealous of us, for us. In his love for us. So when things are going good and we're starting to love this world and the things of this world, God says, "Uh uh-oh. It's Ecclesiastes 7.14. I'll paraphrase this verse. This is a very important verse. You might write it down and uh, read it later. Solomon writes this. During times of prosperity, enjoy. Hey, listen, when God's blessing you, enjoy it. Don't apologize for it. Praise the Lord. But when, not if, when adversity strikes, stop and consider that God brings both the prosperity alongside with the adversity so that man will discover nothing about his future. In other words, so that you will have to depend upon him. You see, it's the trials and the hardships that draw us closer to the Lord and take us deeper in prayer in ways that we would have never otherwise experienced had it not been for the hardship. How many of us could honestly say, though I would never want to go through it again, I would never trade what God did through that very painful time in my life. In fact, I was so close to him and him to me during that time. It has the effect of purifying us. That's the furnace of affliction that Isaiah says, he has chosen the furnace of affliction to refine us, to purify us. Can I say it this way? To ready us for that which is about ready for us, that place that he prepared for us. So it's almost like this. God's saying, I told you what's going to happen, particularly in the Middle East, before it happens, so that when it happens, you'll believe, and believers will look up and lift up their heads and know that their redemption draws nigh. But we have a problem. The problem is, is that your grip is too tight on this world. And I know the one thing that will loosen that tight grip is hardship. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday 
here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.